Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds, the good and the bad, the concerning and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimmy, our passionate heart. Yeah, I am. And then there's me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. All right. Okay, so... to get into Ooh, yes, yes, it's a big show. Lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. End of the year. It's a December is always a funny time of the year. That's when you know something about humans. Things just get haywire. But sure anyway, let's first start before <laughs> we get into the nonsense. Let's just start in with our checkup. How are you doing, friend? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's getting closer and closer to Christmas. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just glad to be alive, I guess, you know, and uh, thankful that I got through another week. Yeah. Because these people out here in these streets are crazy. Mm, um, oh, yeah. And, you know, my daughter wasn't feeling well, and so she's feeling a lot better. So I'm glad about that. So overall, the week was all right. You know, how about you? What's it was pretty good. Yeah. The year's winding down, and I think, you know, Outside, it, yes, it could be crazy, but also it could be a nice, uh, a, it could be an opportunity. The holidays is a good opportunity for holiday cheer. Let's not forget yeah. that. And um, I was, and you know, that's what I'm just trying to do. And today I had dinner with some work friends, had a, a, a work kind of, not work, but like had a little holiday cheer with some old coworkers. It was like really nice to connect. So that's mm-hmm. one of the positive things. It's hectic and annoying, but try and squeeze as much fun out of it as you can that's what i have mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. um that's yeah right. but you know all good i would say family is good i'm good mm-hmm. and just living with an open and positive heart right now yes try all right best. before we move into our first segment we are good so now that we know we're good we're going to ask our audience and those who are listening you guys if you like the podcast please remember to uh subscribe subscribe and rate and add comments to spotify and apple Podcasts. we're on all platforms regardless we're on youtube we're everywhere but we really can use your help if you can uh give us readings on apple Podcasts and spotify Podcasts. and again thanks for listening and now we're gonna head into the headlines yes Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to go into our first story, which is, (laughs) funnily enough, I don't know, I don't know why I'm starting with this, but we're Mm -hmm. starting with um, (laughs) um, Beyonce releasing her um, documentary or concert movie, I'd call it, for the Renaissance Tour, which Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have been able to witness in live and full effect Mm -hmm. and um so she documented it similar to um taylor swift we had an episode where like why are people comparing but i mean these are two regardless i don't think you're again as we said before there's no room for comparison there's no reason for comparison they're both artists male or female who are in their prime element and and creating art and creating experiences for their fans right and so Mm -hmm. um the thing is, it premiered, I think, now about a week ago. Uh, we record on Saturday. So about a week ago from now, it it, it really it was uh, premiered. And Beyonce had all the old Destiny Child. There's lots of celebrity guests there, of course, coming out to support. And um, there was one thing. 
a lot of people are talking about outside mm-hmm. of the body of work, which was the actual documentary. Mm-hmm. And that was Beyonce's skin tone. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of people. She was visibly more pale than I'm used yeah. to seeing her. Just a tad. <laughs> like, yeah, she, Beyonce is pale for a black person, but she's not, like, this was like a she's lot. She's not that pale. She's exactly and so and i think the hair had something to do with the it, hair and too I think, and i think the shimmer the silver and the light like it's not just it's clearly not just lighting but no. i also think um the way the the her what she was wearing and the hair and everything it's gonna make you look even more mm-hmm. somebody of her complexion who doesn't already ha- has very little melanin already it can wash you out just like that kind real of hair. Easy. So, real easy and real quick. Yeah, she was wearing platinum blonde for people who don't know. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, a lot of people are like, is Beyonce bleaching? Why would she bleach? Da, 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 da. I mean, I think it's, I guess I should have not been surprised because, I mean, I was like, I never thought she bleached, but I was like, whoa, like, Beyonce looks very pale. <laughs> like, right? And so, right. obviously, the trolls and everybody were like, I hope she's not bleaching. And, and if people don't understand why this is a big topic for Black folks and why this bleaching thing is even a discussion, is that bleaching is seen as, like, wanting, uh, having a strong desire to be affiliated or adjacent to whiteness. Mm-hmm. And obviously, for obvious reasons, that is, like, that is kind of, like, not... It's like, and and wanting, and that desire for that adjacent means you hate your own blackness. And so that's the first thing people come to when we think or suspect, or if it's even obvious, AKA, who's that Dominican baseball player? I can't even remember his name, but he went ham. Oh yeah, um, he went ham. Like <laughs> he, he, I hate, he definitely changed. He could I definitely hate that check I forgot off his a name. different box. I could tell you that. Um, he could definitely I check. I think it's oh Sosa. Uh, I think it's uh, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, yeah, that's right. Sammy Sosa. Uh, he took it a little too far. You know, one thing I want to say is that I'm not sure why this is a, is a surprise. I mean, this mm-hmm. is not the first time that she's kind of been accused of that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sorry, Beehive. You know, I understand she's your queen. I get that. However, your queen bleached a little bit, or she oh, lightened no. in some way, in some <laughs> shape or form. Whether it was in her foundation or mm. whatever, the makeup was a lot fairer than what she is. I'm sorry. And since she's been going all around the damn world in the hot sun, out performing, doing all these things, I, I find it very strange that she is so fair. I personally don't like. Well, my thing There's is some. Something like, in the makeup. There's I maybe don't the makeup. She's. I don't. You know what? I'm sorry. Beehive. Let me let me backpedal. <laughs> backpedal. Pussy pop. Like <laughs> what I'm gonna say is that I think she might not necessarily be bleaching her skin to be lighter, but I <laughs> think she definitely her makeup artist definitely used a lot lighter of a shade. A lighter foundation. Yes. A something. lot lighter of a foundation. Um. Yeah. Because she was she was looking damn near white, a Romanian or something. And yeah. a lot of people were coming for her and saying they they almost mistaken her for Kim Kardashian. And oh, no. now we're not going to no, go that's not go far that far. We're please. not going to go that far. Okay, because that's even Kim, that's, Kim Kardashian what, isn't even that complexion. Like no, she but she is. There have been pictures where she has a very similar look, and a lot of the time. Well, you know, if you take a quick look, see, and you're not really paying attention, some people could. And I could I could see how. I could see well, how. I think the I thing is, Kim Kardashian... That's going too far left. Yeah, but, but Kim Kardashian also... Anyway. 
<laughs> something in the foundation that ain't yeah, right. something in the foundation and you were talking about tour. The thing is, she was touring. Like when she's touring, she has to hide. Like we, somebody um saw her when we were in Toronto. They there was uh footage of her when they're trying to ship. They have to move her from the dressing room or wherever she's getting dressed because I don't think she gets dressed. I think obviously they have a changing room, but they had to transport her to the concert venue, right? And they can't do that in a car or anything. So they had some box or something. I can't remember what it is, but there was something uh TikTok that I saw, right? And so. She's just touring. She's sleeping, traveling, going back home, going yeah, on the stage. Different, and... The different uh, weathers, the different... But she's not outside places. when she's touring, right? She's inside a venue. She's not touring outdoors in the heat of sun. Like She's going around, That's doing true, her tour, doing she, her shows, she, resting, eating, but the sun and is going the sun. back out. You just have to be out for like five or ten minutes. Like, you know, the sun is... <laughs> My point is that there's obviously something wrong. We're speculating as to what it could be, but there was yeah. definitely something wrong with how the shade of Beyonce's skin. So, yes, you know, yeah. I, I don't Regard- want to yeah, focus... Yeah, we don't want to get too stuck on that. No, yeah. because really, at the end of the day, she did a wicked tour. She did wicked performance. Beyonce, they call her the queen for a reason. You understand what I'm telling you? And so... Um, when her mama clapped back for her, oh yeah, you know, I saw it's a mama. long clap back, and we can accept it because it's her mother, because it's a long clap back, like clap back. Right, but I, I love can to definitely see. Accept, I can, I can definitely accept it's it her mother. Her. So yeah, <laughs> Queen Bee's mom. Yeah, she clapped back and put everybody to rest. But um, for the most part, there was something wrong there, and this is not yeah. the first time. This, this is, I think, maybe the second time where it's been insinuated that you know, and that's my problem. Like, I think we can, we skin. can. We can, uh, we can, I don't think she was like, we're seeing whatever. She was visibly lighter and for whatever reason was bad foundation, whatever. She's, whatever. She's visibly lighter. Right. And I think what my issue with that accusation is there is nothing about Beyonce that tells me she wants to be white personally. Uh, no, somebody and I don't think defense. she needs to be white. I don't she, think that she yeah. needs to be white either. However, she doesn't need to be, and she doesn't have the desire to be. Based how, on if every no, she doesn't. Yeah. But why, why, why platinum blonde? Why, like the, it could be questioned. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can see it from both sides of the coin. And I, I love, I love Beyonce and her music. I do. Well, the question but, is also why not platinum blonde? Well, that is, that I, I totally understand why she went platinum blonde, right? But I would have thought that someone so fierce would have came up with maybe a silver wig. No. I don't know. That would be tacky. Well, depending on <laughs> how it's done. I don't want her to do be, that. No, well, depending on how it's done, it could be done really nicely. That's depending very hard on to pull how off. it's done. I mean, she's done tackier when she dressed yeah, like an Emmy. Ta- She's been tacky right. She's before. been tacky. Like, so I mean, tacky, tacky is of no repro- reproach yeah. for her, right? So, like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, yeah, she I'll has be been honest. tacky, you know. And you know, at one point, you know, Mama Knowles was the one that was, you know, putting yeah, together that was her when she was tacky. Okay, <laughs> so we're not gonna say that she couldn't get tacky um, up in this. She could, yeah. anyway. Long story short. Whether she did or she didn't, one thing I do want to say is why mm. are we so fascinated on comparing? Why, as a, as a as a people, are we so fascinated on comparisons? Comparing to what? Who is comparing like, her? Pa- comparing anything. People to people. Uh, mm. You know, artist to artist. Uh, actress to act. Like, why are we always so hang up on comparing? Oh, I right? hate that. 
Well, I, I haven't I, seen. But we do it all the time. We do it we all do the time. It, we're even comparing Beyonce from a, a, a year or two ago, another picture of hers, or we're we're always constantly yeah. comparing as a as a as a society. And I don't understand what the fascination is with comparing. Like I don't get it. Why can't everybody have their own lane? That's just my my point of view on that. And so let's move on from Miss Beyonce. Okay, Miss Beyonce, you living your best life in these streets, okay? <laughs> like your best life. And your she mama is, dealt with it beautifully. Yeah, and I she think she articulated is. a lot of what I would have to say and, and I think it's clear is that Beyonce has done enough at this point to pl- prove that she is not anti-black. She's pro-black. She's proud of her blackness. And um, I think anything stating otherwise is just like pure nonsense. Um, Speaking from, you know, the beehive, then mm -hmm. maybe, but somebody who's not, you know, I I try to look at it from outside of what I like. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I could see how some people could not. I guess if you don't follow her body of work, if you don't follow her body of work, then maybe you don't know. And then fine, that's just ignorance. But, um, I'm glad there yeah, was plenty of people. Yeah, but body of work is something that she's that she is musically producing. We're, yeah, this but is not a debate of her her abilities or her strength as a singer. We're talking about her appearance, right? Yeah, but but then your parents. The problem, they're, why they're criticizing her appearance is that association to say that you're not proud of your blackness. And what I'm saying, I'm trying to say, is in her body of work, which is your messaging and your branding, it is clear that she's very pro-black and proud of her blackness and. I think there's nothing in her work that's anti-black. So that's what I'm trying to say when I say her body of work. I'm saying the actual messaging. And right, so, but which I is mean, fine if you don't know, that's fine. That's, right, but, but that is just your ignorance her of her body, of, body work, of work. But her body of work doesn't speak of her life. Because she's talking yeah. about being a single lady and all this stuff, but yet you're married. It could be challenged that her body. But the of times, work, but the thing is, it's know, funny. The times that she was the most pro-black it was the most was the times where she was the most adamant in her speaking her truth. And again, I'm speaking as somebody who knows her work very, very well. And again, I'm not. You can't blame people for saying that if they don't follow her body of work. And I'm fine with that. And it's there was a clear issue. But I'm just saying that it's like the messaging is she's ve- Beyonce is very much pro-black. And she's done a lot of things and said a lot of things to reaffirm that. She's put her career in jeopardy in certain times to reaffirm that. Yeah, definitely. That. And definitely. so that's 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 just where I'm going to end it. <laughs> right. And uh, and um, to the last thing I have to say about that is speaking from someone who might be a newbie to Beyonce, might not have the groundworks of her body of work like you might, if they're mm. looking based off, off of what they're hearing and what they're seeing, sometimes even her, her body of work doesn't match how she's living. So, and how she actually lives her life. So, I mean, uh, it's up for debate in some other people's eyes. For me, she's a great artist and I can appreciate her for what she is. However, this picture looked kind of sus. It looked no, kind of definitely sus no, no question about that. No question. So, yeah, you know. And then if there is a question of it to somebody who is not as developed in the Beyonce world mm-hmm. as you and I might be, they could then question her blackness, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a contrary move like this, where it's visually very different, right? To what I'm hearing, 
you speak of and preach of in your music. I'm just saying, some people might look at it like, mm, this is just another situation where Beyonce, you know, might not always be factual in her body of work. That's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Maybe that's her truth. You and know it, what? Hey, and it's true. You, girl. Yes. To you. I'm just saying somebody outside of liking her. I know we like her. That's great. Right. But I like to look at from another perspective and another perspective in this case is you speak of being so black yet. I look at this picture and I almost wonder if you're white. So hmm, the messaging isn't connecting. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is that the messaging might not connect for some people, but people love Beyonce for her talents and her yeah. abilities at the end of the day. You know, I mean, she is a talented woman and I'll and give her that. People are going to talk. People are going to talk about every, like, this is a culture in social media. So what, no matter what she does or any celebrity does, there's always going to be criticism. So that's just a part of the this nature. There's always right going to be comparison. A, a, a word of advice, a word of advice to everybody on here, because I was thinking about that as a friend. Um, think about another friend of mine. That's it. Comparison, they say, it's a big saying. Comparison is a thief of joy, people. never the, Catch yourself with that. It's hard to do when you're younger. It's, it's easy to fall in that mm-hmm. trap. But as somebody who's matured in life right now, yeah, comparison is a thief of joy. And anytime you find yourself comparing, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage. So a word of advice from Auntie Jeanette. Right? <laughs> don't do don't do it. Don't and do then it. One more and thing. Don't on involve the- in it, man. Don't involve in it. If if somebody's trying to egg you on in this comparison of people, just stop. Just let let Beyonce shine. Who cares? You know what I mean? Just let her shine. I don't have to compare her to last year's picture of her or this year's. She is who she is and she's going to shine. So keep shining, Miss Beyonce. Yeah. And we can't worry about rich people problems. <laughs> like, that's just At the end of the day. Buck. Like, shit. <laughs> I can't worry about rich people problems. Yeah, she she um, ain't sending me. She ain't sending me a check. So <laughs> that's so funny. Who's she's gonna good. Be getting a check. So another part of uh, the rena- uh, some controversy outside of her appearance at the premiere, which actually, side note, it was a really great to see the other Destiny Child's girl, they, girls. They looked really great. I'll say my favorite look from the Destiny Child's, uh, which was Latavia Kelly Rowland, who's always hasn't gone anywhere, and um, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Latavia and uh, um, with the other girl, she has blonde hair now. The other original member. Why am I drawing a blank on her name? She did pretty Latoya. Oh, Latavia and Latoya. I knew it was another Mm -hmm. L. Latoya, Latoya Luckett. Um, so they were all there. It was nice to see them. I think my favorite look. Kelly also donned the silver. Michelle Williams was a a close between Kelly and Michelle. Were my second one. Obviously, Beyonce looked the best to me in terms of what she was wearing. Um, but uh, Kelly looked amazing, drop dead gorgeous. And Kelly, sorry, Michelle, I also like the dress that she mm-hmm. uh, wore to the premiere. And then another controversy outside, it was great to see the reunion of the girls is people love to criticize Beyonce. Well, people love to criticize A-listers and celebrities in general, like I just said. But she's coming under fire because um, the movie is showing in Israel. And as we know, there is a whole war going on in that region right now. And um, there's a, a strong call globally for a ceasefire against their uh, attack on Palestine. You know, 
as somebody who has vocally spoken for the oppressor, some people are disappointed in Beyonce for not removing the release from Israel. And um, I will say, as as much as this is her movie and her name is on it, at the end of the day, she signed a contract with whoever produced that movie and released it and is distributing it to theaters. And I find it hard to believe that she has the power after signing over her movie rights and distribution to say, don't show it in a particular region. They're going to show it in whatever region is going to pay to see. Um, And that's my business mind. And then Mm -hmm. on my personal note, on my personal POV, I agree. Like, I think globally we're trying to just like when, you know, what happened in Russia and Ukraine, we, you know, there were sanctions against Ukraine. I think there needs to be, um, I would not be against sanctions against Israel because of what's going on right now, the genocide in Palestine. And so, you know, as much as it would be good, as she clearly doesn't have the power to do that. Um, we live in a capitalist world. It's all about dollars and cents at the end of the day, what's right and wrong clearly doesn't have any say, unfortunately. It's so inappropriate. I mean, to me, it's just not the time. But Beyonce doesn't have control over that. She, yeah, exactly. like, she really doesn't. And so um, when she signs on the dotted line and accepts her check, that's, that's sorry. And you know what I just thought of? That. It's not the people. <laughs> the people are not, the people of that nation are not like the ones going over there and and killing those people. It's the state and the military, right? So the people who live in that country and enjoying their day-to-day life um, don't even have that influence. So, you know, it's it's not their fault. So actually, I'm okay with it being shown there because I don't think it not being shown there is gonna do anything. We could see if the UN can't stop it, literally we have countries in the UN screaming to for a ceasefire. And mm-hmm. even that can't happen because the U.S. has a fight. The U.S. has all the swing. The U.S. is not calling for a ceasefire, so it's not going to happen. I don't want to get into the politics behind. No, that, but no, no. You're not no. going to because they're actually helping to fund the war. But um, so it's profitable to a nation mm, that is yeah. very in dire economic strengths. Yeah. So and to your point, we can't. Is there's too many politics to get into? There's it. too much politics behind that, yeah. and I'm not up for that right now. No. Um. <laughs> but you know, no. I and you it's know true, what? I agree. I, I just don't because it goes so much deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be in our best interest to just keep it pushing. Keep it you know? pushing. We're gonna keep, keep it pushing. Pushin'. Well, anyway, I plan on seeing it during the holiday season. I saw the concert, but. I think it will look even better on screen. And her last mm-hmm. concert for Beychella was amazingly put together. But yeah, celebrating talent and art. That's I'm all here for it. So mm-hmm. now we're going to move on from that and get into, yeah, Jeezy and Jeannie Mai. We talked about their divorce when we, there was a wave of separations happening. Yeah. Um, a couple, a few, like early, like sometime last month. And Yep, check you know, Jeezy mm-hmm. G- <laughs> J Jenkins um dropped a bomb on the pop culture world when he uh, filed for divorce from his wife, Jeannie Mai. Um they were married barely two years, maybe a year and a half, maybe even you know, maybe a year and a half, and they had a child together during that marriage. 
And everybody was like, whoa, what happened? Because, you know, it's rare. It's, it's, it's rare for the man to file for everybody. So there's a lot of speculation. But again, we, we, we never know, right? So anyway, um, Jeezy, uh, Jeannie Mai fight was on the Jennifer Hudson TV show, daytime television show. And she let the world know that she was not aware. She found out about the divorce the same time everybody else did. And wow. that had taken me aback because I was just like, what? A what? Face, bro. That Holy. is like completely, that's a different kind of blindside. And that would explain a lot of her silence during that time. Yeah, she's going for his jugular. She's going for his pockets. Um, so at this point, you know, she speculates that he was cheating. And mm-hmm, so, yes. you know, this whole Jeannie Mai and, and Jeezy, like, I don't know if Jeannie Mai really looked at his past, you know, yeah. track record, you know, mm. and... I know sometimes we say that we shouldn't judge somebody by their past. However, you shouldn't judge them, but their actions, right? And so their actions when he was with, you know, baby mother number one, two, and three, one of them he was, he proposed to, you know, and it never, you know, materialized, but, and that's fine, right? However, he has a tendency of cheating. He has a tendency Mm -hmm. of cheating. And I don't know if it was just a whirlwind for her and, you know, leaving her 10 year marriage and she didn't look deep enough, but I could have told you that he was going to cheat on you, Jeannie. I could have told you that, but you know what? Who am I? You had to find out yourself and you obviously speculated it too, because you made sure in your prenup that you put a clause specifically about him cheating. Mm-hmm. So I think she's trying to come for her check and make sure her pockets are lined because, you know, Jeezy has done really well for himself. Outside of should. rap, like he's done mm-hmm. really well for himself. And so mm-hmm. to be blindsided like this over something like that, you're damn right. I'm going to line my pockets. I'm going to make sure me and my child is good because you've turned her into a single mother, which she didn't want to be. No, you know, yeah. and uh she obviously waited a very long time to even have one child. And when she did, this is how this all turns out. Um, it's sad because now it's going to be another child of his, his fourth, that will not have him in the household. Jeezy uh, yeah. has a lot of demons that he has to work through, and he seems like he is working through. Um, I don't see it being far-fetched that he cheated. Um mm-hmm. Just, again, based off of his past record, even when he started talking to Jeannie, it was while he was supposedly lingering oh, yeah. in a relationship with his last baby mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. If it walks like a duck, <laughs> I don't know. So hopefully, somehow, she makes sure she line her pockets real good. Uh, to be taken off guard like that, to find out when the world finds out. I kind of believe it and I kind of don't. If you were in counseling, then you had a, an idea that your your marriage was in trouble, right? So I don't see how it was a total surprise, but him filing the way that he did, I don't know. That was kind of like, wow, you hit me in my jugulars, Bridget. Like for real? Like that was so below the belt for her. Uh, because it seemed like she thought they were actually trying to work it out. So- yeah, because on the show she mentioned I didn't say um 
she said that they were going back and forth to therapy. They had were they were in therapy during that time. And so, you know, the assumption I was assuming now on her part for her to be surprised is that we're working on our marriage. And while they're doing that therapy, he just dro- he drops a, the divorce papers on her. Yeah, he so went and go get that, his divorce papers. That is very questionable char- character. I thought, um, you know, well, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, things work out for the sake of their child. Um, and I really do hope for the best for her because I think mm-hmm. she's been through a lot. Um, but one one maybe advice I could throw out there for Jeannie Mai, you might want to keep your relationship to you. I don't know. I find that whenever relationships, I don't know. I don't know. Just a suggestion. Who I might be talking on my ass, but if mm-hmm. I were you, girl, you know, you might want to keep the next one to yourself for a little longer, you know, to establish some real foundation with that person before you expose them to the world, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. So Oh yeah, poor thing. But she'll she'll be she'll be good either way. Yeah, she'll write a book and she'll be good. So we're gonna go over to um our next story, which is we talked about this. I don't know, I think mm-hmm. it was our last episode, spinning the sure block. Did. And um so Ashanti and Nelly seem to be based on sources. Ashanti is pregnant. Um, At first, it seemed like speculation because there was a video at a celebration in, I believe, St. Louis, uh, where there's a video of Nelly pointedly rubbing Ashanti's. It wasn't like, but it wasn't like, you know how sometimes you're doing something absentmindedly and you tell on yourself. He this was clearly on purpose. He was clearly trying to communicate a message. (laughs) And, um, then she put her hand on her stomach, and then the next day, everybody was flying around with assumption rumors that Ashanti is likely pregnant. I think I saw in People Magazine or something like that. They have a story where they say sources say um, that she's pregnant. She hasn't said she's pregnant, but supposedly, if pe- places like People Magazine and and uh, New York Post and is posting this with a source, then I'm 90% sure that's probably what's going on. Here's my thing. Um, congratulations to her first. Let me just say that she, um, clearly had a high desire to start a family, you know, just reconnect with her ex after 10 years who dogged her out for 10 years. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think there was an article, I think we talked about this last time, where she did say, I think she was 41 at the time, that she's ready to slow down and, and, and think about family. And I think a lot of these decisions have to do with it. Um, and you know what? If she's happy, I'm happy. But there is a lot of people online, mm-hmm. as they always will, regardless whether you're doing good or bad, um, talking about the situation and her being a baby mother at 43 years old. And hey, again, like when we were talking about this, we want her mm-hmm. to get the ring. Like we were saying, we want her to get the ring after everything yes. she's been through. But if she doesn't want a ring, which I don't know her desire, then I can't say anything. But what did you have to say? Um, 
my first thought is, like I said, the only way you can come back to me is on bended knee. You've gotten <laughs> everything other than the damn ring, girl. You've gotten everything from this man. You've gotten cars and necklaces and all sorts of stuff. Now you have a baby by this man. This mm. man has not shown you not once, not twice, but three times that he doesn't want you long-term. He doesn't. And I don't know how many times he has to say he doesn't want you. He's having fun with you. Nelly, his lifestyle, he's having a good old funky time with you. Now, I will go back a bit and say congratulations because every child is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super glad that you're going to be a mom and that you're going to experience what motherhood is like and all that. Um, but being a single mother is damn near impossible. And those that pull it off, honestly, you need to pick up your cape because mm. it's hard. You're raising an entire human being that is going to go back out into our world and is going to be a part of the rest of society. Okay. So when you think of all those messed up people out in the world, well, they were raised by somebody. You understand? So I'm just saying that the fact that she's pregnant and she, you know, at 43 years old, knowing what she was going into, a lot of people might be okay with that. And that's fine. But you know what? I was a single mom. And let me tell you, you could do everything, but you can't give that child what the opposite sex can give them. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a cape. Okay. You just can't. That's the, that's just the nature of, of how God intended things to be that mm -hmm. we each as, you know, opposite sex can teach and help develop a child to who they are in the future as adults. And to know that you're getting into this situation, this is her first child. This is not his first child. Okay. So he's, ha he has older children. Um, so he's gone through all of that, right? And the lifestyle that he has is more conducive to them now being older and off on their own than, you know, him actually, actually having to do late night feedings. Um, in this case, I know you went around the block and maybe he is your true love and maybe I'm a hundred percent wrong, but if you're going to tell me at 43 that you're going to sign up to be a single mother with a man like Nelly, mm. I'm sorry, girl. You you definitely settled. You definitely settled. This man walked over your integrity, over your heart, over your esteem. He treated you like next to doo-doo. And now you're turning around to have his child 10 years later? Wow. Kudos to you, Ashanti. I know you have your own girl and you know, us women nowadays, we're like, oh, I'm independent. I could do it and I'll do it all by myself. And yeah, I, I sang that same motto. You know, I took up my cape too. But let me tell you something. When a child wants their father to pick them up from school and all there is is you as the mother, you'll feel it. You'll feel it because other children are going to have their two parents. Right. And we're still in a society where we push that as the norm, where at least there's at least two people in one household raising a child. 
So it's not easy. It's not easy. I know you have a lot of mo- a lot of money, and so you know it could be easy financially. But there's something that that child's gonna be looking for that you won't be able to give that child. And I'm that's just the straight truth, reality. I'm sure a lot of other single mothers out here can say the same thing. If they really were to examine themselves and their role in their child's life, you would see that to take that away from a child or to knowingly go into it. I don't know. I don't know if this is the best move for you, girl, but hey, kudos to you. You're 43 years old. You know what I'm saying? If that's what you want to do at this age, hey, you explain it to your child. But I'm just going to keep it real because I was a single mother before I got married. And so it was hard. Mm. Well, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, I mean, the signs, like we say, we're we're going based on what we understand and previous behavior. And sometimes that's a good indicator. But like I said, when we talked about this last time, I feel like Nikki's, I'm sorry, Nikki, Nelly, <laughs> Nelly's on a different tip. And that's my hope is that he is going to take that step and, you know, step up, you know, as they say, step up to the plate. But, um, well, the track, the track her, record, girl. it's, it's looking like a shaky chance, but well, for both of I them. mean, even if we don't look at him and how he is with it, uh, you know, different women, how he treated mm. you, mm. it was easy for him to walk the hell away from you. I'm sorry. Mm. He didn't just walk away from you. He publicly embarrassed you. Mm. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know. I find it so hard to now turn around. I'm a different kind of chick. Listen, you <laughs> you only got to burn me once. You mm. only got to burn me once. I ain't turning around a second time. You must be. Listen, and now. <laughs> okay. We'll just be see how that happens. If you are, regardless of all of the other shenanigans, you're going to be a mama. So congratulations on that. Okay, and I'm gonna keep it right there, but I will be watching. I will be watching. And I'll just say it right now that if it's true that you know this relationship is just a facade and and all this is just, you know, sugar coating, then we're gonna see the truth, Ashanti. We're gonna see the truth because one thing children don't do, they don't fix relationships. They don't. They just okay. don't. That's not their job. They weren't born with a job. You understand? Yeah, that's like, not a way on. to fix a relationship. No, it's not. Mm-mm. So, no. um, yeah, well, like we said, congrats to her. And hopefully that the best situation for the child participates, uh, uh, sorry, um, fabricates and comes to life. But if not, you know, she's very well off too. So yeah. um, she'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. We had Tiffany Haddish here. I'm going to take that off. We, at the end of the day, Tish, Tiffany... Um, got a DOI, DOI, but thankfully she didn't hurt herself or anybody else before Thank the police God. stopped her and arrested her. So prayers up for her and hopefully she can get the help that she needs and take it easy and don't be partying out there alone, girl. Um, but clearly a lot going on there. And then take Kumar, an Uber. Shit. Yeah. Take an take Uber, Take an right? Uber. Like your big <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Stop this. And this yeah, is what? not her first one either. This is mm. her second. This is for mm. a second. So I know you're going through it, Tiffany, but don't go behind the wheel. Please, Please don't. Call an Uber. Please. Um, And then also Kamora Lee posted on her Instagram that there was a, a fire at her place. Mm-hmm. It didn't look too 
bad. Like any fire is bad, but I mean, based on the video that was shown, it looks like it was contained in one area. But um, yeah, but it was it was funny. Kim and I were talking about it because we were talking about she was mm-hmm. speaking up against Diddy. We we're talking yep. about blowing up cars. We we're like, yep. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, mm-hmm. but oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, her kids are fine. The home, most of the homes, for the most part, is fine, except they probably the area where the fire started. Um, so Come on, yeah, Lee, I think you need to go. Uh, you know, take a a long holiday. <laughs> take a long holiday, girl, because um. Well, recently, yes, I saw R- R- Simmons, Russell Simmons, doing an interview. Uh, he hasn't done one. Yeah. Uh, they must have went went out there to Bali. And he was talking about the situation. Well, we're not going to get into it this episode, but I was just like, this is pure fart. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a clown he and sure a predator. Is. He's been known predator. He met Kamora Lee when she was 16 years old. Like, come on. He's the last person we want to hear from right now. Right? Who put himself in exile. Whatever. Uh, Kamora yeah. Lee, uh, go on a vacation, girl. <laughs> Collect all your children up, please. And go on a long vacation for the Christmas holidays. Um, because some people I feel are after you, girl. You've been talking <laughs> too much. I'm sorry. I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you're setting your truth out there. But I'm afraid for your safety. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm afraid for your safety. So, Because I find it very convenient that all of a sudden... Doesn't she live in California? I assume so, yeah. Wasn't this house in California? To be honest, I don't know, but I feel like she's a Cali girl. I feel like this house um, is in California. And if that's the case, why would we why would the fireplace catch on fire? That's a well, but I mean that's a so a lot of a common place. Yeah, but it's a fire. Start. It's a fireplace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, but yeah, it isn't it is in LA. It's a little weird. Little weird. It is it was yeah, she does that home was in LA, LA that was on fire. Um okay. Interesting. You need so to So we're going on... to our final headline. Um and that is of some Toronto, some local news here in Toronto. And there are some officials trying to bring up and renew a, uh, or propose a cell phone ban in Toronto schools. And we know there's there's a reason. Initially, the school board's stance is that as long as the phones are used for, um, educational purposes or obviously medical or emergencies the school is the policy right now is is okay for a student to use it in those scenarios right um which is which makes sense however excuse me there is a um school book school board chair and trustee in toronto rachel Turnos lynn who's saying that they should study and consider a potential ban I don't think it uh, uh, like a traditional ban as we think it will happen will happen, but some type of revision of what's in place right now. Mm-hmm. I think you know, as somebody who hasn't been in school in a long time, I don't have any young children, but I do know and have heard about you know kids are addicted to these devices. This is sure how they are. live their life. They grew yeah. up; they're born with social media. 
like this is like messaging and social media that is like their their default mode of communication it's not just talking face to face unfortunately and stuff like that which is what is good for school and this woman had a this woman the the school board trustee who who is bringing this up has a really good point she said we've had a long time of not interacting face to face and we want to ensure that kids are really developing their social abilities to the best of their abilities that they're making every moment count in class. And when you have people, kids distracted with cell phones and, and iPads or whatever, I could see how that can not be conducive to helping with their face-to-face social skills. And I, I've heard that a lot of parents and school and people who work with kids, that's a big concern, particularly since the the pandemic. Right. Right. And uh, personally, like as long as it, I, I here's my thing. I like again, yes, it's fine. I don't even think for educational purposes. If it's like you have if you're in a, a modern school and ev- all the students have like laptops or tablets and this teacher is doing the exercises or the exercises are done on the tablet, sure, but it has to be locked to just those particular apps, right? That's my thing. Yeah. There needs to be some control and that they're not diverting from whatever the material is. And then second, again, it should be like, they technically shouldn't even have, like be having their phones with them. Like it should be in their bag until it's time to go to school or something or school home or if there's something mm-hmm. happens, whatever, you know, it's there mm-hmm. for a backup plan. But you were saying you have a, a young one and what were your yeah. thoughts on the potential? Well, ban? I don't think that it would be smart to ban it, no, but I think yeah. putting a, an age limit on it would be helpful because um, there is before and after care that us parents have to pay for, for like I work a nine to five. And so unfortunately school finishes at three 30, which I could never really understand. Anyway, so -hmm. it finishes at three 30. And so your child then goes to an after care program until you're able to pick them up. And so that cuts off at the age of 12. So you have to find something for your child to do from 3.30 onward. Now, mm-hmm. in Canada, you can only leave your child alone at the age of 13. So there's a year. Oh, gosh. Tw- wow. That's backwards. Right? Yeah. There's a year of 12 to 13 that your child has to still have a babysitter, has to be attended to. However, they're not able to go to after-school programs that are at the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to find some sort of other after-school programs, such as sports or something for your child to do, in which if you can't afford to do so, then your child has to be able to walk home. Mm. Right. Or they need to be able to get off of the school bus and walk into their home. So that time, I think a child should have a phone. Of course. I think outside of the classroom, it's totally makes sense. Right. Exactly. So therefore, if they're going to have it outside of the classroom and they're away from their parents, then there will be a need for them to have it at school. However, not in use. It's not in use. So at the age of 12 is when you show up to the school with a phone in your bag. Um, Before that age, I don't think that there's any need for you 
because everywhere that you are going to be is accounted for by an adult. So up until the age of 12, where you're no longer able to be in that program, and if you have to walk home from a bus or walk home, period, without a bus, there should be something there, but the phone will have to be on the child and it can be off and it could be in their bag until 3.30 where they can turn it on and use it at that time. In the morning, it should be turned off. Someone who is 10 years old, I don't believe should have a phone. I just don't think it's necessary. They're still in a position where they have after school programs where they're being watched by an adult and which their parents have to come and pick them up at said place. So I don't understand what would be the point up until that age of 12 to even have one, to be honest. That's just yeah. how I feel. But you can't ban people on how they communicate with their children and feel safe to communicate with their children. So I think then to counteract what I'm saying, your child cannot turn the phone on from these hours to these hours. Yeah. And I think that's, and when I read into it, that's really all the ban is proposing. They're not saying don't have a phone or don't bring a phone. They're saying that we want to empower teachers to say, to enforce cell phone bans in the classroom just in the they're talking well, strictly the in the cell classroom phone needs to be off period yes exactly it's like it's not the fact that they i don't it doesn't come yeah, across you can have having in your it. bag that's yeah. great for you but it better be off exactly that's the what they're proposing yeah and <clears> so that part yes but i i think they should also be a little bit more logical with their thinking after the age of 12 because i couldn't understand why i can't get aftercare after 12 but legally, I can't have my child alone until 13. So what am yeah. I to do? What am yeah, I to do? Yeah, that's a pickle. A I did not know that. that they, right? they, they okay. had an so, age cut off. Right? So it makes it very difficult for parents in between that age range. But anyway, um, I'm sure they'll figure out something to do. But I, I think that children need to get back to learning and socialization and being mm -hmm. in the classroom. Oh, yeah. I think they've lost a lot of time. and. Uh, their social skills are suffering big time. The, this is the first year that, you know, even my daughter has told me that there's more behavioral children in the schools and in the classrooms. A lot mm -hmm. of children had a really rough time um, being out of that social setting with their peers. And so now to get back into it, because mm -hmm. children, they like routine and they thrive on routine. So mm -hmm. when the routine switches drastically, not just for one year, not for two, but almost three, it's hard for them to go back into that because the routine has now changed and it's different. Um, and so, you know, it's a really tough position to be in because as a parent, we understand that they have to, they have to have technology. That's just the real deal because if ever we go into another pandemic, guess what? They have to be technically yeah, savvy. Yeah, now it's here It's here to stay. And I think it's just more like how do we put some guardrails, I guess, for kids, especially now that they're so addicted to these devices. It's mm -hmm. hard to get their attention having that device in their back, their backpack or having access to it and then having to pay attention to a teacher or, or interact with their classmates. But we'll see where this goes. I personally yes. don't think it's going to get far because I just like you, like you said, I think we're gone. We're just way past that. Um, yeah. But we shall see. So quick thing, Nicki Minaj released her album 
Did you listen to it or not? I did not get a chance to listen okay. to it. Okay, and that's people, okay. So will. if you didn't, if you didn't, then we'll wait. We won't talk about it. We'll wait okay. to get to listen to it. Give it. Yes, next week I will listen to it over this week because I have some things to do at home. So yes, next episode will we'll, whatever our next episode is, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um. So let's go into our first segment, and that is. Wagwan for real. Wagwan for real. And in this segment, we talk about stories that just don't add up or they just don't make sense or we just catch them, we see them, and we have to ask the question, what Wagwan for real? For real. And so this um, week, we're going to talk about a event that Nick Cannon's name has been attached to Mm -hmm. um, in connection with the Zeus network. And that is a dark skin versus light skin thing. I don't even know what they're going to be doing on stage. Let me actually look at that flyer one more time. Right. It says Nick Cannon, they have Nick Cannon presents bad versus wild Las Vegas, dark skin versus light skin. Oh, I get it. Bad girls club versus I guess whatever their other show is, whatever other show they have. But I'm pretty sure now I get it. It looks like they're pitting the reality star girls. Yes. Against against each each other. Yes. Okay. But regardless, they had some other versions of it. They had natural booties versus uh, BBL booties. I think I saw one, another one versus the big girls versus the slim girls. And both, all three of them, very derogatory, very objective to women. But as a culture, we're going to focus on the dark skin versus light skin, which has since been rebranded chocolate goddesses versus caramel goddesses oh, but the issue is still at me. hand <laughs> me please with the bullshit please yeah the issue is still at hand in that we are as a culture uh, as a group are pitting each other and using these categories put upon us from the colonial structures and the slave structures and using that still to categorize ourselves. And to me, it's ignorant, it's backwards, and I am disgusted. Yeah. And all the question is why we have this in Wagwan for real is Nick Cannon. Are you is, are you having some money problems? Are you having some money Damn issues? sure. Damn we know sure you have a is. hustle, but we know you hustle and you work hard, but you also do work hard with a lot of small things. He hasn't done a big thing. And because yeah, okay, time. his biggest thing is wilding out, and you know he had some issues. And we and found got, out that's not even his thing. He's an employee too. So ooh, please. yeah, he's an yeah. We found out the hard way, and he found out the hard way. He is just an, an employee. Damn, You're that's an a employee. good point. So okay. clearly, what we're trying to say here is we know he works a lot, and he has to because he has damn near twelve kids. No, I think maybe it's nine or ten at this point. He was ten, but um, mm-hmm. ten. Call it ten at this point, but. Is are things that bad? Like we're stooping this low, and the, the irony and why we're bringing it up. If it was a, if it was somebody else, like a young one of these young rappers who who are like drugged up on lean or something, maybe I wouldn't have as much to say. But Nick Cannon is very much about black empowerment, 
uh, liberation, making your own, yada, 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 the advancement of the black, of black people and the black culture. And for you to be that type of person and like that messaging and tell that messaging and come back here with this, it's like, what's happening, Nick? Right. What is going on? And I stand corrected. As of, uh, I see here, mm-hmm. uh, he has 12 children. Damn, 12. 12. Okay. 12 children. Okay. Woo! With six different women. Okay. So here's the thing, right? I know you're hard up, Bridget. I know you're hard up because mm, clearly <laughs> we heard some stats the other day that you, you complaining that you have to spend around $200,000 a year to take the children to Disney world. Now here's the thing that doesn't buy pampers. It doesn't buy clothes, nor food, nor shelter. You taking them to Disney world don't mean nada. I want to hear how much college funds you started. Okay. When you get to that level, then holla back. But right now I know you're hard up. You are hard up because I've noticed that um, with Nick Cannon, he likes to play on the stereotypes of black people. I feel like if you really, really take a look at his career, he has played on different stereotypes of black people. Mm. Really, if you look at his career, well, definitely um, with Wild and Out, they do that. Oh, with Wild and Out, some of the movies that he was in back in the day in the late, uh, well, early two thousands, you know, uh, yeah, to around two thousand ten, two thousand fifteen. I know he had a few movies out there that he's done, but he always plays on stereotypes, and so this is not really to me brand new. But the fact that you're willing to work with Zeus Network. I'm sorry. I find that Zeus is just filth. It's just filth. Um, they definitely take advantage of black people. Um, and the fact that you're riding the train with them is kind of disgusting. So for me to see you doing this at this point in your career, seeing that you are such a working man, a hardworking man out there. Um, why, why, I mean, we already see your divisiveness. We already see how you are. Um, but now you have to destroy the the look of black women. Now you have to pin us against each other even more. Really? That you're getting involved? Like you're going so low? Them checks that you're collecting from all those other resources, avenues must be drying up. Because I don't even Mm. know why you'd want to attach your name to something like this. But remember what I said to you is, where's the same smoke that he got when he had this Jewish comments? Where's the same smoke? I don't feel nobody else's outrage other than black people. I don't hear nobody else saying this is just, this is just horrendous. This is Mm. disgusting. This is disgusting. Um, there's a multiple reasons why, but one that sticks out to me is that of all the baby mothers that he has, he has one chocolate black woman that carried a child for him. <sighs> we said then, why, girl? Why? But anyhow, she stepped out, had a baby with him. He is going to have one darker skinned child amongst all of his light, racially ambiguous children. Why? Why would you do something like this? Your little girl 
could turn back one day and see what you were a part of. That one little girl that you have that is dark-skinned amongst all your other children who are racially ambiguous is now going to get to see what her father really thinks about her brown skin. This is the type of nonsense that you're going to now put generations to come. This is what they're going to see. Really? Like, as black women, we don't have enough up against us? For real? Will we have to play into this stupidness? Nick, like, honestly, I need you to take several seats. I need you to go and find another avenue of money besides working with the devil, which is Zeus Network. Because all I see them put out is all the trash that you could possibly think of that is black. Mm. All of it. And you're involved with this shit. So, you know what, Nick? Wagwan for real, Bretchen. Your Brooks. Your Brooks, me. <laughs> you have to go get involved with this nonsense. All the controversy when it comes to, you know, just pure negativity. Why are you involved? Why are you always spearheading this type of nonsense about black people? Why? Why? Fatherless homes. You're you're the king of that. Like why? Why? For real? What is the what is the real motive here? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you realize that you came from a black woman? Like, do, do does that even penetrate your thoughts? Like, I, I I really don't understand. But I see that the only color you really care about is green. Because you're really to, you're ready to sell your soul to get that green. Sad but true. I hope this I hope Zeus is real. I hope Zeus like, is really dropping a bag to for him to do this nonsense. Listen, they best be dropping a bag. Because Zeus, the type of nonsense that they're involved with, look at Krishan and Blueface. Look at the, the they're from Zeus. Yeah. Okay, I have never heard of something positive coming off of Zeus. I agree. Right? And now Nick Canning, you have your hand dipped up in there. For real. What you should focus on is the one black programming out here, which is wildin' out, that shows our abilities as black people in a positive way, how about you try to get some ownership of that show? How about you go and try to, you know, do something for your community that will actually help benefit it instead of this nonsense? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that he attached himself to this. He has to be broke. He has to be. Too much damn trips to damn Disney World. Okay? 200000 a year? What you mean, friend? That's a lot of damn money to take your kids to Disney World. How much time are you spending with them? Because your time is more valuable than your money. So, miss me with it. Instead of you putting your time into this type of nonsense, you know, how about you think of a, um, a sitcom? You know, of a uh, single black woman <laughs> with the same baby father. <laughs> How about that? How about that? <laughs> hey, about- I feel like and it's just his story, so why not? 100%. I'm throwing it out there for you, Nick. I'm giving you some ideas up in this. As long as you stray away from this crap, listen. Like, honestly. And furthermore, why do these black women actually stand to be pinned against each other. Like, 
for real. The comparison of it all. See, this is why I keep saying this. I can't stand comparisons. Like, why are we comparing? You all black. You're all black. Okay? Because you might think that you're closest to whiteness, but let me tell you something. You ain't white. So when the white man realizes that you ain't white, guess what he's going to do? He's going to treat you the same, okay? Like Keisha from the block. You understand what I'm telling you? You're going to get treated the very same. So miss me with it. Like, I can't stand him and his nonsense. I can't stand it. I cannot. The, remember the remember what I told you, the public announcement that this man is putting out here? This is the type of public announcement he wants to be a part of. Really? That we're pinning black people against each other? We don't have it hard enough. For real. We need you out here. And there's stupid men that follow Nick Cannon and his nonsense that will get on this train. Why are we comparing body parts? Who has a real booty and who does? Like, why are we doing this comparison crap? Like, honestly, it's so, it gets on my damn nerve. I can't take yeah. it. Anywho, let's move on. Anything else to say about Nick Cannon and his No, it's just, just, I'm disappointed and yes. this is ignorant as shit but yeah it sure is and you are right it's 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 disgusting mm. and so we're gonna move on into something else and so we're gonna enter into the workouts the workout yes this is where you know we work out our hearts and mental fitness we do deep dive discussions on things that are affecting us and we haven't done one of these in quite some time. And you know what? When Jeanette thought of it, I was like, yeah, man, we haven't, we haven't done one of these in quite some time. And it's wild black. Okay. So Christmas wild black, we've done different, you know, um, working while black traveling while black. Well, this is our Christmas wild black episode. And so <laughs> We are going to talk about Christmas for the black people here. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it, you know, we are of Caribbean descent. Yep. And I find that, you know, Caribbean people, black people, they do Christmas a little different. Yeah. Just a little. Just a Just little. A bit different. You understand? Mm -hmm. And seeing that we are you know, Caribbean, I want to talk about our experiences. And so one experience that I want to know, there's a few, but there's one experience when Christmas came as a youth for me growing up, it was a big ordeal. It was a big ordeal. My mm -hmm. mom had to go. She had to get certain peas from this place. Turkey have to come from that place. Have to go here. Have to go there. Why? It was just a big to-do. Christmas has never stopped being a big to-damn-do. Mm. And as a Caribbean person, I do like having some, you know, uh, nostalgia at Christmas time. Things that I remember as a youth, like certain foods that I like to eat. You know, got to have some sorrow going on. I need some sorrow. You know, um, you know, some rum cake going on, you know, got have, you know, these are the things that made my childhood what they are, you know, and uh, remembering Christmas. 
Now, as a child, it wasn't as hectic as it is now because now I'm the one going to this store for peas and going to that store for the turkey and this and that and the third. And I'm just tired. <laughs> but and it hasn't even started, Bridget. Yes, it hasn't even really started. But also, there was the different smells of Christmas at home. You know, yeah. you know, smelling when my mom made cake, and you know, um, that good, good food upon Christmas. And you know, my mom, when I was growing up, she'd make bread. The house would smell of fresh bread, brethren. Let me tell mm. you. Oh, that's amazing smell. What? Let me tell you. It was the bomb. And, you know, being that I'm Jamaican, Christmas morning with Akian Salfish, with the dome plane and provision. Yes. With the planting and all. The foods were just awesome. And I now see how hard my mom had to work and plan and put together in order Ooh, for it lot. to all go down. Girl, mm. it's a lot. And so it brings me forward to this day and age now where, like I said, I'm going to be having, you know, Christmas dinner here um, mm-hmm. with my mom and my dad. Our family's large, so we kind of have to break it up. And, um, you know, everybody kind of, we all get together at the Christmas, but my parents will be coming here. And so I've been putting together decorations and trying to get the house ready and okay. planning a menu and all sorts of things. And let me tell you, Christmas in Toronto is not easy. It's not easy at all. The consumerism of it all. Like, honestly. Oh, honestly. God. Okay. You go, wherever you go, you're waiting. You're waiting for a parking spot. You're waiting to get in the store. You're waiting in a line to pay. And people out here in these streets, some of them, you know, don't understand the concept of personal space. You know, they don't quite get the personal space thing. Or they're saying, I don't give a damn about your personal space. Um, I'm going to be up in your ass. So hurry the hell up. <laughs> okay. so And it's just, I think, you know, as enjoyment as a youth, it's it's a different type of enjoyment now. My enjoyment will come when the last dish is washed on Ooh. Christmas Day. That's when I'm going to kick up foot. Yeah, that's doesn't, that, doesn't that suck? Like you literally have to go through the all the prep, all the everything, everything, and you even have a meal, and that's maybe maybe you can have a little social time, a little breather you're, you're talking four hours tops yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah it's a it's a lot right i mean you know setting up the house for you know my daughter and stuff like that that's good and having her open up the presents and stuff like that it brings me joy it does um and then i know what's coming <laughs> i know mm-hmm. the preparation and the this and the that and you know, uh, entertaining and stuff like that. It, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so when that last dish is washed, you understand? I'm a kick up foot. You understand? And nobody yeah. better ask as me to you, get up. As <laughs> you should. As you should. Right? <clears throat> so let me ask you, as a black person at Christmas, Wagwan, Wagwan with you. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so my 
culture is also Jamaican as well. And so um, the thing with Jamaica, in Jamaica, Christmas Eve, Christmas is like, Christmas Eve, you clean, you wash, you right? prepare, you're preparing whatever it is you're going to be pre- cooking or baking the next day, or maybe you do your baking the day before or a few days yep. before all the holiday or excuse me, prep is happening. And back home, you, that's, that's, that's how it is. And then Christmas day, you have your meal or whatever, mm-hmm. but so two things. Yes, we have the sorrel. We have something mm-hmm. called sorrel, which we cook. We ba- we boil up. It's a nice drink, Caribbean mm-hmm. drink. Lots of ginger. We have your rum punch. You yep. have your, if you're a cake person, my mom's not a baker, but other people will bring cake or whatever, right? Yes. But lots of cooking. So as a child, like similar to your experience, Kim, I had to help mommy. That's right. For a long time. It's like, mm-hmm. but my sisters obviously had some older sisters who would help and do their thing, but they, they have a different style. Like they would cook something and bring it or something, but like, they're not going to come early. So they're going to come when it's close to dinner right. and we are ready to serve and whatever they bring, we'll put, bring it out and serve it, but they're not going to come early. So I would have to clean up. Yeah. I would have to dust, put the house in order. It was a lot. And it's like, you know, now I can see, like, you know, I could admit, like, mother, like, why do we, why is this a thing? Like, why is right? it that when it's holiday, we have to do all this cleaning? If we do 80%, keep the house at 80%, then we mm-hmm. make our lives a little easier. But my mom's a little bit, as in her older age, has gotten very scattered with how she keeps the house at, at, at her old age. You know, she's older, so she can't yeah. be bending and doing all these things all the time. So it's a lot. So I'll go and do the deep clean, but... Lord God, that takes so much energy outside of me helping her prep the fish and the meat. And to your point, I, I'll be honest, it's not the most fun experience. No. Maybe I should try and find ways to make it fun, but it's hard. Like, you know, my mom's an old school Jamaican lady. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Everything has to be done a certain way. Yeah. So, you know, just finding ways to make it fun maybe is a new solution. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but... It's a lot. And another thing when I was growing up, um, black, I don't know if you have this experience, but my dad would just be like, I knew very early Santa wasn't a thing. I, I, I grew out of that at, uh, maybe seven or eight years old because my dad was just like, what do you want? We're going to the store to buy right? it and we're going to wrap it. <laughs> like, that's, that was my Christmas. No surprises from my parents with that. My dad was just like, what do you want? We're going to go to the store. You choose it and we're going to wrap it together. So usually the tradition is also I'll help my dad wrap gifts on New Year's Eve. He's a last mm-hmm. minute person. So we're scrambling late, late night, New Year's Eve wrapping yep. gifts. I've gotten out of that bad habit since moving away. Like if I have anything separately, I'll take my time and wrap it at home and then bring it in a box or a bag. But I'll still go over there and help my parents wrap their gifts on Christmas right? Eve. So it's a whole thing. And it's like, it can be fun. Like the wrapping of the gifts late at night, we're having drinking some sorrow, some wine. That's actually nice. But if you're in the combination of cleaning and prepping. Yeah. Like like you lot. said, you're tired. You're tired the day, like from the night before. I'm going yeah, from the night then, yeah. before. <laughs> so... But let's say fun things. So I said some fun things, which yes. is wrapping gifts, that, wrapping gifts with my dad, playing Christmas music. And then obviously when the family members come, like when the kids open their gifts or stuff, that's cool. A new tradition, a fairly new traditional tradition that we started 
is we play Grinch. It's called this gift game called Grinch. It has white elephant Grinch. It has lots of names. Oh. But it's a gift exchange where you don't pre... Because it's hard to get together and do their pre-pick for Kris Kringle, right? Right, yeah. Um, But yeah, I really like that. Because like buying gifts for like six or seven people, that's kind of crazy. Like you said, in this capitalist world, everybody has... And these are grown people. Like there's probably a couple yep. of kids Um, couple in my is, family. In my family, only kids. I we love that. So that's good. You guys, you guys have something like whatever. I think it's like just getting into that was too much. So we started doing like you'll get for kids. Plus now we'll do like uh, the white elephant, which you just buy one gift that's like maybe twenty five dollars, and we'll do the gift game where we exchange and uh, you could steal gifts or whatever. So it's fun. We have it's like now we have a whole tradition. So that's another fun thing, right? Um, right. For the holiday, um, and also sometimes I'll go to mass with my mom. Um, yes. Not every year. I don't do it every year because, like I said, it's so hectic. But I try to um, go to mass as well. Um, if not midnight mass, and some churches have Christmas Day mass, which is uh, service, which is crazy. Like my sister's church, they might do it on Christmas Day. I don't agree with that because Christmas Day is too hectic. Yes. But that's another thing I try to do. I don't do it every year, but I try to do that as well. Yes. And but- um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Right. What are you going to say? Mm-hmm. A tradition that I wish we did with I like is a lot of Europe from Europe, especially like really traditional Catholic families, where they actually the holiday, their real Christmas is Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you you have your dinner, you open your gifts on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day is like a quiet day, like you just hang out. And I kind of think I would enjoy, like it's bringing up it, it's bringing up the deadline one day earlier, right? <laughs> which is already crazy. But I feel like that would be so much more enjoy, joyful, uh, enjoyment, enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. I would enjoy that a lot more because, like you said, you get you're so tired Christmas Day right? because you've been slaving all day. Right. So you can't just for a lot of families, Christmas Day is a quiet day. Right. You, I know. If anything, you're making calls or maybe you visit people if there's some people you visit. Yeah. But that that's it. Yeah, I know. Um, well, as I was saying earlier, my family has gotten really big and what I hope to do in the future is to like get a facility that can house us all. And we all just go there, have Christmas dinner and we're done. Do Mm. the gifts, do the everything one shot. For instance, uh, my baby shower and my daughter's first birthday was at, it was a community center, but it's in Mm -hmm. like. York region, which is Mm -hmm. outside of Toronto. And it's set up like an actual house. So the house itself, it has a kitchen. It has somewhere where you can dine. It comes with chairs, tables, all that good stuff. And the outside of the premises, you can also use. So I was thinking that maybe one year we could get all of us together into this one huge spot. We can invite people and just make it idea. one, one, just a one shot done. It's finished. Everybody bring your food, bring your presents. Everybody can bring their plate, spot. whatever, whatever they're preparing right? and they bring it. And yeah. And what's really good about this place is they do the cleanup. Oh. So, right. Like, obviously you can't leave the place a disaster, no. but they do the cleanup. So I'm thinking it might be something worth trying in the future because, uh, you know, we can't house all of our people in one person's home and yes. so and enjoy a meal, right? Even buffet style. 
So we have like, you know, our family is slowly growing. And so right now there's only three small ones, which my daughter's mm-hmm. did. And the rule is once you hit a certain age, the gift, the gifting done. Unless it's yeah. from your parents. Yeah, the yeah. The whole family's not going to be buying you gifts. So mm. usually when you hit around 17, 18 years old, you know, the gift is done. And anybody under that age, you know, all the young little kids, we all make sure they yeah. have lots of gifts from everybody. And we all enjoy that. Looking at them and knowing that they enjoy it and seeing... Mm. Um, yeah, because as know, an adult... Here's, here's my philosophy. As an adult... And you're as long as you're not destitute, if you're working and you're self-sustaining, you're self-sustaining. There's nothing I can't get you that you can't get yourself. Yourself, you know what I mean? right? Exactly. Um, and I totally agree. I, I like that. That's a good policy you guys have, right? And so you know, I mean, obviously the ones that are teenagers, they're not looking forward to that because all the free paper, but no, nobody give you no money, no not at all. Mm-hmm. But um, no, well, it, it just makes sense because. It's really for the kids. Like Christmas is really, you know, all of this that we're going through is really for those kids to see what Christmas is like with family around and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, overall, Christmas while black can be very challenging. It can. It can have its ups and its downs. It could be a lot. It could be a lot. Okay. And being Caribbean descent, our Jamaican mothers want things the way they want things. You mm-hmm. So you just have to kind of follow suit and understand this is the one time of the year that you're just going to bite your tongue and, and go on through. <laughs> you're just going to bite your tongue and yeah. go on through. Um, in terms of being out in the world as a black person at Christmas time, um, I often see a lot more black people around mm-hmm. this time than over the rest of the winter. It's like all of a sudden after Christmas, hibernation full effect. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Black people is scarce. <laughs> it's real scarce. Um, because we just don't like the cold. But overall, Christmas while back could be really fun. It could be a great time of year. Put As on a- your reggae Christmas songs, your soca Christmas songs. Christmas songs drink your rum pu- drink your rum punch. Right? Have your mm-hmm. little one-two wine with dinner. Your Baileys. <laughs> right? Feeling nice and toasty and warm. Um, and getting prepared for the upcoming new year. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because 2023 is done for me. It's done. Oh, yeah. It's a done deal. You <laughs> it's understand? <a> done deal. <laughs> it's a done deal. I'm just waiting for the Christmas to pop off. You understand? Okay. And after that, different flex. Now I'm focused on... Okay, what do I want to accomplish? I don't like um, having New Year's resolutions, but I do like having a plan of action for twenty. A plan of action. Me too. I love that right? idea. So, and Christmas sometimes, you know, it gives you a chance to be around family and friends and kind of give you a different perspective. Yes. Step away yeah. from work and the grind and be around people who you love and love you. And so... With all that being said, we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show. So whether you lead with your heart or your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful. And we'll talk to y'all real soon. Bye. Happy holidays. Bye. Happy holidays.